Canadian Music Week starts Monday, May 7th. And a week from tomorrow, uh, this is the first annual Toronto Vinyl Summit. It was conceived by our friend Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music and a Journal of Musical Things. Alan's on the show right now. Alan, should we regret getting rid of our vinyl collection? Yes, you should. Very much, because it has become a thing. Looking at the statistics for vinyl sales to date in Canada versus last year, things are up 60%. That only includes the sale of new vinyl. It does not include any of the used vinyl sales that you have in shops, at record stores, or online. So that number is actually much higher year over year than 60%. So you came up with this idea for the Toronto Vinyl Summit. What is it all about? Well, let, let me explain. Uh, the Rec Room, which is the in the roundhouse at the base of the CN Tower there across from uh, the aquarium, uh, they have a new back room, and they were looking for things to do. And uh, I, I went to see them. and I said, well, why don't we have a gathering of, of Toronto vinyl fans during Canadian Music Week where they can come and uh, just talk about Everything to do with vinyl, collecting, storing, buying, selling, all those sorts of things. So I'll be the uh, the MC of the whole thing. I'm going to bring some of my stuff. Uh, I have a guy named Ivor Hamilton who is the VP of catalog sales at Universal Music. He's the guy that puts together all the new box sets and reissues for uh, for all these 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 artists, these legacy artists who have you know coming out of, uh, with new stuff on vinyl. And then there's Akeem Boulderev, who uh, is one of the guys who runs the downtown Toronto records shows. So Ivor will be looking at all the new vinyl that's coming out, and Akeem will be looking at all the old vinyl and how to, how to deal with that. And we're also encouraging people to bring their stuff that they can show off. Uh, we'll have uh, a high-end stereo there so you can play it for, for people. And we will also uh, help you with things like uh, you know evaluating exactly how much that particular record is worth. So, so it could be like a vinyl antique roadshow. It's, you know what? That's, ex- damn it, Kelly, you hit it again. That's exactly what it is, at least on some levels. Yeah, That's well, you know, really I, I, w- I would imagine if it's really popular right now, there are people that think, well, you know, I love this collection and I still have some of it somewhere, uh, but I don't, I'm not really going to sit down and, and uh, play the records anymore, but I'd like to offload them and I don't want to get ripped off. Well, there were an awful lot of people, a lot of uh, estate sales, where uh, Akeem, and that's one of his jobs, is he goes out to houses and he evaluates exactly how much collections are worth. He does it for insurance purposes, and he also does it for uh, people who may want to, to sell it. So this is, this is a very, very good thing. Um, tickets are 10 bucks in advance. You can get them through Eventbrite. Um, if you want to email me, alan at edge.ca, I'll set you up with a bunch of, uh, of links. And uh, or you can just show up. So there's, you know, it's in the back room. There's going to be some musical performances by by uh, Morgan Ross and, and Julian Taylor. There's a bar. Uh, it'll be a good time to hang out. All right, you got me at the fun and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to just uh, pivot here to Gibson. They, you know, founded in 1894. Uh, last year or every year, they sell around 170,000 American-made guitars, and they filed for bankruptcy. What do you know about this, Alan? Well, this has been going on for quite some time. Uh, Gibson has been in financial trouble for a, a number of years now, um, and the current CEO has been under tremendous pressure to do something, but he doesn't seem to have really got a handle on everything. Uh, even though the company sells $170,000 or 170,000 guitars a year in more than 80 countries, 
they also sell more than 40% of all the electric guitars and sell more than $2,000, sell for more than $2,000, uh, they can't make ends meet. And there have been complaints about quality, uh, stuff coming off the assembly line where, you know, guitars won't stay in tune and just don't feel like they, they used to, especially the guitars that Gibson made in the late 60s through the early uh, so the late seven, uh, late fifties through to the early nineteen sixties before they were sold for the first time, uh, they got rid of the custom division, which is where you know all the high end players went to get really expensive, really custom guitars. Sure, this and, is where you know BB King would get his guitars. Uh, Eric Clapton, for example. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you listen to the Beatles, where my while well, my guitar gently weeps, he's he's playing a Gibson guitar that he borrowed from George Harrison. Uh, Jimmy Page was, you know, everything, practically everything that you heard on the Led Zeppelin record was 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 a Gibson guitar. Uh, Slash, uh, another Gibson guitar guy. So what this will probably mean is a reorganization. I'm not expecting Gibson to disappear. I mean, it's just it's, it's a company that's been around since 1894. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really desperately needs some financial reorganization, and and the management at the top has uh, has got to go. Now there is a problem. That is beyond their control. We have been seeing electric guitar sales drop precipitously over the last decade. They've dropped by about a third or maybe more in the last while as kids don't pick up guitars anymore. They want to play something like uh, Ableton Live or use something that's that's touch-sensitive on, on, on a tablet. Well, I have to stop you for a sec, Alan. What is Ableton Live for people that are you know scratching their heads? Ableton Live is a type of electronic instrument that uh, isn't exactly a keyboard, but it allows you to puts together all kinds of samples and beats and notes uh, really, really easily. Certainly a lot more easily than than learning how to play a proper keyboard or guitar. Mm. So, you know, you've got the first annual Toronto Vinyl Summit coming up on Wednesday. For a while we thought, you know, vinyl had seen its death, but now we've got a resurgence. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll happen with guitars. Well, it could. Again, the reason vinyl is coming back so hard is because people miss the tactile experience with music. The ritual of having to go through all those steps to listen to music using a turntable and an amplifier and a tone arm and, and a piece of, uh, piece of plastic. Uh, maybe somewhere along the line, people will rediscover the, the, the joy of, of sitting down with a guitar, learning how to tune those six strings and then coaxing beautiful music out of it. It's, uh, you know, yeah, in my case, I think I have one of those faulty Gibsons. It keeps going out of tune. That's my excuse. <laughs> there, there was a time at the end of the 90s when turntable sales were actually eclipsing guitar sales because everybody wanted to be a DJ. Sure. And then that fell um, by the wayside, and there was a resurgence in guitars in the early part of the century. But uh, since about 2005, things have gone downhill. Well, Alan, here's uh, fingers crossed for all those guitar players out there. I appreciate your time as always. And uh, yeah, I I wish you the best of luck with the first annual Vinyl Summit. That's next Wednesday at the Rec Room, 730. Be there. Excellent. Thanks, Alan. See ya. Cheers. That's Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music and our brother station 102.1 The Edge and also a journal of musical things.